It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy Thursday and welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Steve Norris with you on this rainy Thursday in middle Georgia. I hope it's sunny where you are. We'll be talking sports for the next two hours. We've got one guest on the rundown. David Hill from ESPN.com will join us. And we'll get his thoughts on the latest with Florida State doing a little saber rattling, trying to get out of their ACC deal, or maybe not. We'll see uh, what David has to say about that. Uh, we'll have some spring training talk with the Braves still down in Florida, getting ready for the start of the regular season. And uh, unfortunately, we st- the J- Jalen Carter stuff. Uh, there's still, you know, that 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 is still in the news. There's still stuff to talk about there. The latest. According to multiple reports, he is back in Indianapolis at the Combine. Um, yeah, I think he showed up, and then they actually did the arrest and all that, and then he was bonded out. Yeah, yeah, he bonded out last night. He was booked in a little after 11 o'clock, and a $4,000 bond, and um, is now back in Indianapolis. Yeah, the, 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 some of the reactions I've seen in this story – I. They just blow my mind. I mean, our, our, and I, I have this theory, Steve. I think a lot of people are just bored. I mean, there, there are people out there saying it's a conspiracy against Jalen Carter, and that's why they waited to release this information while he was at the Combine, as if the people doing the investigation in Clark County care about the NFL Combine. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I, and, then, and then other people uh, this morning and last night have saying, man, Gosh, you you bond out of jail and you can already leave the state. If he's not wanted for murder, no, they're two misdemeanor charges. I mean, it just I, the the sensationalism of of things to me is just it's just way out of control. I mean, this story is tragic enough. We don't need to add more drama to it. It's uh, the social. It's the way social media works now, Russ. I know. Every week, there's a new shiny toy that everybody likes to play with and, and argue about him. It, you know, it's this Alex Murdaugh thing. Nobody knew who that guy was until this until social media blew it up, and now everybody's watching it. Oh, and guess what's going to happen in about a week or two? It'll go. Away. Nobody, nobody will know anything about him. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen with Carter because this is a pretty serious situation. I mean, yeah. you know, with two people passing, but but still. Um, when when is the draft? Mid April. Yeah, I think it's April 29th, Actually, April twenty ninth. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not saying this is going to go away, but it's just how people are. By then, they'll be talking about something else. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of the conversation yesterday would eventually turn to his draft status, and uh, Brent Rollins, who uh, was on with Bill yesterday, made a very wow. good point. You know, if the NFL draft was this weekend, he probably would not get drafted because of the uncertainty. But by the time we roll around to the NFL draft, there's going to be more questions answered. So he, I, I mean, I, I think his stock might fall a little bit because there are going to be teams that have issues with his actions. And, and that's the other thing, too, with the NFL from looking at it from the draft standpoint, because some people have said, well, what's the big deal? It's just two misdemeanors. They're not, that's not the legal part of it's not what these teams are wondering about. The legal part is going to be. You know, according to the AJC article yesterday, you left the scene of the crime and then gave inaccurate stories to the police. That's what NFL teams are going to want to talk right. about. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, if you're a fan of an NFL team that's picking in the top ten, and to this point, let's say your team was picking fifth or sixth, and you felt you had no chance of getting somebody like Carter. But now, 
it comes time for them to pick and Carter's available and they don't pick him, how are you going to feel about that? Because he's a, I mean, he's going to be a dominating player in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if he stays healthy. Uh, he's the kind of guy that can change your team. Would you be fine with them not picking him because of, quote, character issues, unquote? Yeah. I mean, well, right now with what we know, I would. I, I would be okay with that. But I just feel like that we're going to get more information between now and the draft to where there's a more certainty of where you stand. You know, because he says in his statement – He's going to be completely exonerated. Uh, I, you know, it, it's like this is the way I, 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 I would handle it if I was an NFL team. I'm not going to be closed-minded enough to say I'm not going to draft this guy right now because I wasn't there. I, I, I don't know exactly what happened. But I would want to have a conversation with him about it, and that's why he's back in Indianapolis so these conversations can be had. I, I, I think he's going to have a hard time convincing me that his actions on that in that night were warranted, but there may be something I don't know, and you know, so I don't want. I wouldn't want to go into that meeting thinking there's no way. But at the same time, I think he would have a hard time convincing me that what he did was okay. Right, right. And remember, we're about as far from the draft as we are from the incident that happened about six weeks. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, and I would think by the draft. Any NFL GM is going to have what he needs to know. Um, I, honestly, I, I think he's still going to be a top ten pick. I think it'll come down to it. They'll, they'll look. The NFL GMs, one of them, will talk himself into yeah picking him. Well, see, I, I agree, and I agree with that too because first of all, there's a sliding scale, you know, based on your talent, and this is considered the best prospect in the draft. Right. Uh, if this was a, a guy that was expected to be a sixth or seventh round pick, he's not getting drafted. But that, that's not the case here. This is considered the best player in the draft. And and then the, then you go to the legal side of things. If he's not charged with leaving the scene, then then at, uh, all a general manager is going to do is speak to the misdemeanors. Right. So, so they're, they'll convince they'll, – in other words, they'll talk themselves into it. They'll justify it. And, and I think you're right. He will still be a top ten pick. Well, And Jalen Carter's done a lot of good off the field. There's plenty of positive for him. So they'll weigh that in as well. Um, I, you remember the story here about a week or two where he was using his NIL money to pay for mm-hmm. uh, one of the walk-ons to eat in the cafeteria. You know, uh, There's a lot of stories like that about him. So they're going to weigh that in too. So it's not just this negative. I mean, this is bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. trying to uh, you know, say it was okay. But um, – Either way, they'll have a lot to weigh. Yeah, I, they they will, they will, and you know, and you go back to the Adam Schefter stuff. A lot of people were were going to that yesterday, saying that he had heard there were character issues, and that this happened. You know, Adam Schefter that I'm that that Todd McShay, not Todd Adam Schefter. Yeah. Uh, Todd McShay said that that before this incident happened, and 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 there, you know, he was cited for doing like eighty five and a forty five in September. And that's when the police officer said, hey, if you're around your teammates, tell them to slow down. So I wonder if the character issues were related to that. I don't know. Um, but but to me, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Steve. I, I, I get your thoughts. Like, while reckless driving and racing, that's stupid. And it's, you know, it's something young people do, but it's just, it's not smart. I don't see that as a character fall. 
oh, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Me and some of my buddies in high school, um, remember cars used to have their speedometer used to only go to 85. That was something the Carter administration <laughs> mandated, and then uh, it was repealed. I don't know how long ago, but, but either way, speedometers used to just go 85. Well, we definitely made sure uh, we went 86 <laughs> a few times. Um, and so, again, I'm not saying it's right, but I've done some dumb things in my past that I'm thankful that I'm still around to tell the story of mm-hmm. um, like that. And the thing is, again, I'm not trying to condone the, the action, but young guys in their teens and early 20s, we do stupid things in cars. Um, and so I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not judging him on the speeding. Um, uh, but if he left the scene that that's where you kind of have to draw the line mm-hmm. because chances are there's a reason he left the scene. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to cast aspersions or, or trying to, you know, make allegations, but I, I you know, if you left the scene, of a wreck where you know two of your teammates, at the very least, were in that wreck. Uh, that's a bad, yeah. bad sign. Yeah, and, and I and I'll, I want to say this too. And again, it's just we're we're just kind of going through this process, and and we will have more information on the other end. But his statement yesterday that said, "I will be exonerated," you know, I. First, I, I don't know if he's his people. He posted it to his social media account, so I don't know. I, it, it seemed like he did that of his own volition. It, it was a very like you know the tone of that compared for, to example for what Kirby Smart said. It, it did, that wasn't that made me uncomfortable too because <laughs> it's almost like you, you're you're clearly focused on the draft, and there's a tragedy here that. Does that does this bother you? I mean, it. it uh, I bet nobody hates social media more than lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't like talk about the case. Don't talk about. Yeah. Wait, what did you just post? <laughs> but yeah. it's it's just like because because you know I, I think that the the Kirby Smart statement was careful to you know say look we're we're cooperating fully with authorities they want to get to the bottom of what happened too they're continuing to pray and care for the the, the families. Uh, that involved in this tragedy, you know, it was very, it was a very thoughtful response, and Jalen Carter's response just was kind of like, "I'm innocent." Well, well, there, there's a there, it, it, of a crime, yet maybe, but there's more to it than just the the legal side. But anyway, he's he's back in Indianapolis now, and um, uh, you know, I that's a I think for for his part in this. Draft. That's a smart thing to do. You might, you don't, you know, you don't have to talk to reporters as much as you know the media. We'd love for you to talk to us. His legal counsel is not going to let that happen. But you need to go talk to these NFL teams and 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 let them get as much information as possible for your uh, before we get to the NFL draft. We're going to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I still think he ends up a top five pick. Yeah, I, I really do. I, 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 I mean, I right He's now too I would good agree. of a player. Yeah, a GM's going to sit in his chair and go. Can this guy make a difference for yeah. the club? Can and they're going to say yes, yeah. and they're going to pick him. Well, who was it? I can't think of the guy's name now, but there was a defensive end. I want to say for the Cowboys that you know got into some trouble for domestic violence at the same time Ray Rice did. I can't think of his name, but at the time people were asking the question: 
why did he get a second chance and Ray Rice didn't? I know who you're talking about. And it was and it was and the simple answer was Ray Rice was at the end of his career. This guy was one of the most dominant pass rushers at the time in the NFL. Well, and there was also a pretty awful video of Ray Rice. Well, the video too. But the you know, can you play? That's the first question. Not what did you do? Can you play? And in the in this case, the for Jalen Carter, the answer is yeah, he can play. There have been plenty of men and, of bad character who have been given a second chance in the NFL, right. a third chance. Right. And so. I'm not saying that that's the right thing, but right. I'm just saying it is what it is. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what David Hale had to write on ESPN.com with uh, Florida State, the ACC, and their grant of rights. Uh, that and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. <laughs> Eleven seventeen. Russ and Steve back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. I thought Ann and Nancy Wilson were going to take over there for a little while. <laughs> no, we got it from here. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, there's a story up on ESPN.com by David Hell, and uh, and he's going to join us later on in the the program so we can get more insight onto this. But basically, it's it's a deep dive into you know last week. During a board meeting, the Florida State Athletic Director had a lot to say about – well, basically, he threw a figure out there that, that that he felt like the buyout to get out of the ACC would be about $120 million. Now, the part that he left out was the grant of rights. Right. And the grant of rights is a deal that runs through 2036. So even if Florida State left the ACC, let's say they paid the $120 million – they still wouldn't be able to – their rights would still belong to the ACC for 13 years. So no television, no revenue, all, all that would go to the, to the ACC, not Florida State. Um, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Right. So the real question is not what's the cost or the buyout. The question is how do you get out of the grant of rights? That is if you want to leave. Now, and I also think David did a good job of pointing out there's, there's this sense that Florida State's trying to get out. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think Florida State's trying to get more money. And so they're talking about unequal distribution within the ACC uh, where the teams that bring in the most money would get the most money, which similar to what the Big 12 used to do. Um, a, a few things on that. Number one, specifically for, let's say, Florida State and Clemson, I understand why they would want to do that. But from the ACC standpoint, like if you allow them to do that, what's going to happen to your league when these schools can get out of that grant of rights? Because that's what sunk the Big 12 was Texas and Oklahoma having the unequal distribution. And at the end of the day, it didn't work for the Big 12 because Texas and Oklahoma still left. Right. Uh, this is uh, quite a crossroads for the ACC. Um they're going to hang on to this grant, grant of rights. There's no way they're going to give that up. They do that, they're done. Well, that's the tricky part. Is is like it's almost like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you do hang on to it, you're you're good for 13 years. But what's going to happen in 13 years? Nobody's going to want to stick with you. But if you if you open if you open it up, there's a chance you could lose schools. Now here's the here's the part that that I think is getting left out. This is what I want to ask David about. From the Big Ten and the SEC's perspective, especially the SEC, what's the point of adding Florida State and Clemson? You're not gonna you're not gonna get more revenue from television. No. So what you're what you're sharing out to your current members lessens because now you're dividing among eighteen, not sixteen. 
And Florida State and Clemson don't bring anything to the table for you. I mean, no, you've already got that footprint. Exactly. So, I, you know, now from the Big Ten, same thing from a financial standpoint, you're not going to get more money. There is a sense in the college football world that the television revenue, aside from adjusting for, you know, inflation over years, is they're topped out. They're not going to, you know, like, the Big Ten went over a billion. They're not going to come out next year with a two billion. You know, no. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but now, but the Big Ten, it would give you get you into a part of the country that you're not in. So I could see the Big Ten, and then the other part to this, and and David pointed this out with the Big Twelve. Why would Clemson and Florida State want to go to the Big Twelve? Because right now you get more money in the ACC. So it's it's kind of interesting to me. It's almost like if if I was the ACC commissioner, I'd 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 gamble a little bit here and see if I couldn't. Um, you know, get rid of that deal, renegotiate, you know, maybe add some teams, renegotiate a TV contract, and maybe not, you know, you're probably not, you're not going to get as much as the Big Ten and the SEC, but you could get more than the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and, and kind of, main, in a financial presence, maintain yourself as kind of third in that pecking order so that your member institutions want to stay. Right. Uh, well, the Big Ten went and got USC and UCLA. I, I would have never believed that, that was going to happen. Um. I, so if that happened, I'd say there's a better chance Florida State tries to go to the Big Ten than they'll ever try to go to the SEC. I don't like you said the SEC doesn't need them. Uh, they're not going to come. They're not going to come knocking on their you know, Clemson and Florida State again. They don't need them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I could just hear the the pushback from the 16 teams. Well, they're 14 right now, but soon to be 16 teams in the SEC. Like, no. No, don't do that because that's less money for them. Especially Florida and South Carolina, they don't they don't want them there. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. So, so you know, it's all hypotheticals right now. But you know, when that dollar figure was put out there of 120 million, you know, it, it's like how realistic is that? Because here's the thing: 120 million dollars may sound like a lot, but that's how far behind you're going to fall compared. Like if you're in the ACC. When these other schools are getting thirty or forty million dollars, you know th- that's three years. Yeah, I, uh, I had a graph with the with the projection on the money, and I'm trying to find it, but it's it's the ACC gets in the next few years is going to get left way behind. Yeah, I mean, like they're only getting half what the SEC and the Big Ten are getting, and uh, you know you're you're talking they're getting like fifty million, and the SEC is getting a hundred. Yeah, you know, I mean that's way behind. Especially after you add it up over three or four years, mm-hmm. and that and if you're and if you're Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, that's why you've got to figure this out because you you again the grant of rights you may feels like it keeps your conference together, but it, it so so you're happier going down holding hands. I mean, is that, <laughs> like you've yeah. got you can't live in the dysfunctional home for the next thirteen years. Yeah. So uh, I'm just curious to 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 see where it all goes. You know, there's also been talk that the ACC could expand. There's that northern section of the Pac-12. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the expansion, but I do feel like I I think if it feels like the Pac-12 is going away, I, it feels best I, thing to happen to them lately is Deion Sanders. 
Really, yeah. you know, it really making is making Colorado relevant. I, I mean, <laughs> because when when USC and UCLA left, I mean, there's you, there's a giant void. Excuse me, in Southern California, you've got Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington State flirting with the Big Ten or maybe the ACC. Uh, you've got the Big Twelve thinking about poaching, you know, the Arizona Arizona States of the world. Um, I mean, there it, it, it it's kind of funny, like. It's like if you're the ACC, hey, we're safe. We don't have anything to worry about, but we're not going anywhere. Right. And if you're the Pac-12, it's like, well, if we can hang on and survive, we'll be okay, but I don't know if we can survive. So those two conferences in particular seem to be in in some kind of trouble, whereas, you know, the Big 12 was able to get there. Even though they lost Oklahoma and Texas, they were able to add – they were able to swing a new TV deal and, uh, you know, props to them for they, – they, they, they um, – well, it's like, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are kind of in their own class to me right now. So when you get down into that next class, the Big, the, the Big 12 won that round of uh, conference expansion. Oh, absolutely. But you're getting to the point where the SEC and the Big Ten are kind of like the P5 – and the other conferences are almost P5 yeah. at this point. Yeah, we were joking the other day. It's going to be the P2, the middle, and the group of five. Right. <laughs> That's what it, it, it seems that way. But anyway, again, David Hell is going to join us in about an hour, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on where all of this could be headed uh, with college football. And it just seems like expansion is just going to be a never-ending conversation now. Yeah, plus with the playoffs coming. It's going to be a completely different thing than we were watching even 10 years ago, really. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a rapidly evolving sport. There's no doubt about that. We're going to take a break. As we do, we'll open up the phone lines, 478-646-ESPN. You can talk about Jalen Carter. You can talk about the conference expansion. Or anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. 1130. Russ and Steve with you here on the Midday Sports Zone, taking your phone calls at 478 478- 646 ESPN real quick I don't watch the Oscars I think is that this weekend or I know it's coming up soon I haven't watched them in years Academy Awards oh the Academy Awards okay whatever um <laughs> but I hope Top Gun Maverick wins oh yeah best picture great it's, it's a great movie I mean it's, it's about time a, a movie that was good and well liked wins you know well just for the uh the 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 second half of the movie with the, all the, the um, flying and, and just all the stunts and everything was just a really, really well done. Um, I, you know, the, the, I mean, it's a good movie, okay? The first half of the movie for me kind of drug a little bit. You know, it's almost like they were trying to copy the first movie. But, uh, yeah, the second half, I mean, it's just a really cool movie and a really cool idea. And um, I liked how they went out of their way to not name and name the enemy. You know what I mean? But you can kind of figure it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they did it, and they did it in a way that yeah. know, wasn't, you know, trying not to offend anyone, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. Can't but do yeah, that. I agree. I hope it wins. It was it was well done. Yeah, I, it was. It, I'm danger zone, the return music there made mm-hmm. me think about it. 478-646-ESPN. Let's go to Ken in Cumming. Good afternoon, or I guess it's still morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Russ. Hey, Steve, welcome to the Brotherhood. Hey, and, thanks. Uh, I, I, absolutely. I, I guess I'm uh, the flunky of the day. There you go. Well, no, 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 no. You're much higher on the pecking order than that. That's Daniel <laughs> Shirley. He's the sidekick. 
And first off, Russ, I want to thank you for taking my call and not making me wait an hour and 22 minutes. So I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'm not <laughs> – well, you can take a hint, unlike some people. We'll call back tomorrow. We'll see about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a day-to-day I'm a day-to-day caller. We don't exactly know when they're going to take my call. But, no, um, it was funny. I was listening to you guys talk about this Jalen Carter scenario. And, and listen, I, I'm not going to get all the semantics of that. I think we're kind of getting tired of it. But you know what it did remind me of? And, Russ, you may or may not remember the player. See, you remember a defensive lineman about 20 years ago that kind of was in the same boat was Warren Sapp. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's true. Remember, hey, I think What was it, 18, 19, 20? And he was supposed to be – he went to Miami, right? It was a University of Miami defensive line. Yeah, he right? played at the University. Yeah, of Miami. he played yeah. at Miami, and the right. uh, the Bucks drafted him. Yep. Yep. So anyhow, I mean, I, listen, selfishly, if he's at number eight, I, I hope and pray the Falcons take him. But I, <laughs> that would be so Atlanta, wouldn't it? I've been sitting here thinking this, and I guess maybe I shouldn't say it, but I will. If he's there at eight and they don't take him, do, do we just go find a new team? Or do we let, no. let that slide? Uh, no, that not slide. at all. No, not at all. Because I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to pass on him. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, that's, I mean, the Warren Sapp thing that was marijuana. That's I mean, right and, 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 and I mean, if right. Jalen Carter had a marijuana issue, that wouldn't. Be, pff, okay, whatever. That's not a big you're deal right. anymore. That's. I but forgot, I mean, yeah. two people have died here. This is serious. You're right. No, no, no. You're you're right. I just. I guess I'm just so jaded with the Falcons. I just sure. I, I can't. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, and and real quick, um, and, and I know you're going to get to the next call. If you guys get a chance, look up the um, Kentucky. Who was it? Kentucky somebody. In Florida. In the SEC. Oh, that was ugly. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, that oh, was. Oh my goodness. Was it basketball last yeah, night? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the women's basketball tournament, and uh, it was a Kentucky player. She got fouled pretty. No, 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 no. They were okay. No. They had scored, and right. they were going to take the ball out and. The Florida player like kind of shoved the ball in her face. Yep, and and I didn't see that. Kentucky only won two SEC games, and I think she'd had enough. Yeah, I think <laughs> she had had enough. And I, like the Florida player, like she kind of like the ball came out of the basket, and she and bounced up off the floor. She just kind of grabbed it and shoved it in the Kentucky player's face. Huh. Right, and yeah. took off down the court. And I mean, the, the Kentucky player chased her the length of the floor. She turned in. To, wow. And then I think eight people ended up getting ejected. It was not pretty. It wasn't a good look for it, for women's basketball. But, hey, you know, got some eyeballs on it. That, so, we're yeah. talking about it. I'm, that's probably <laughs> I'm not the way they wanted yeah. that to happen. But, I don't yeah. care what you say. Just get the name right. Yeah. You guys have a great show. I'll see you soon. Thanks, right. Ken. Appreciate it. Me. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen that video, um, you should you should go check it out. It it was um, It was something. I mean, she, I'll have to dial that up. I, there was some legit anger. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was it, the reason so many people came off the bench is because you know, in sports, like it, when you see a, a fight, and I'm using air quotes, there's usually some some back and forth, some pushing and shoving. Then they get separated. And there's a lot of pointing and screaming, but nobody really acts like they're going to do something. Kind of like baseball. Yeah, those never uh, rarely end up in, in right. Actual, you know, this swinging. This young lady went across the court with intention. You, like that's why so many people intervened. Like this wasn't one of those. I'm just going to go push and shove and try to look tough moments. She had, she had <laughs> evil intentions in mind. You could just you, you know you you, yeah. you, you can tell. I see it. Yeah, eight players ejected after Kentucky-Florida scuffle at SEC tournament. That's on the ESPN.com. Yeah. All right. I'll have to look at that during the break.
Yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, 478-646-ESPN is the number. Back to the phones we go. Brian is in Warner Robins. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, Russ, what's going on? Steve, welcome in, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. Um, uh, I don't necessarily have a question, just um, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with the uh, draft, and uh, and mark my words, it's going to happen. Jalen Carter is going to fall to number 10 to the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's going to be put right there in the middle with Jordan Davis. Wow. Can you imagine that? Wow. I don't know if that's their need, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I could see it happening, but – um, I don't know. I, I, hmm. I think somebody takes him before that, honestly. Yeah. But I, my goodness, man. Try to run against that team. I mean, if that were the case, I mean, they're just – it just well, that would almost be unfair at that point because it, it's not just uh, – it's not just uh, – I can't think today. It's not just uh, the – Sue? Oh, oh, Jordan Davis? It's not just him. I mean, they've got two or three other defensive yeah. linemen that are also – Oh, yeah, Davis didn't start. Dominate, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that would almost be unfair if they got Jalen Carter. Yeah, yeah, you might – you'd see teams throwing the ball about 60, 70 times a game. Correct. <laughs> hey, Brian, we appreciate the phone call, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, bud. Take care. Yeah, he – and again, this, this – The story about what we know with Jalen Carter is going to change, and I don't say that because I have some inside information. And I know what's coming. I just it's going to be there's going to be more clarity. I don't know which direction that's going to go in terms of, and I'll say it in terms of his draft status. In terms of his draft status, I don't know if he gets better than it is today or if he gets worse than it is today. But I don't think it's going to be what it is today. I, I don't either. That we're going to get some more information. And I think we're going to get some more clarity. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Jonathan is in Unadilla. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all today? Good man. Appreciate Good, the man. call. Thanks. Hey, I was just curious uh, if you read the article on Stetson Bennett being arrested. Uh, he was hiding behind a brick wall, no cell phone, and so happily he was knocking on doors and drunk. Don't you think he was set up? Uh, no. By whom? How? I mean, what would be the incentive for that? I don't know. I mean, he's got two national championships. That's one for me, don't you think? Someone jealous? In Dallas, know. Texas? I, I don't know. I just, it's the TCU I just mafia <laughs> coming after him, Russ. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you for years, but you wouldn't listen. Jonathan, thanks for the call, I think. Um Look, drunk and skulking is not a good look. Well, first all right? of all, first of all, full disclosure, because I always like to take people behind the curtain. So as I'm preparing for the show this morning, I read that article. I did read the article. And I said, I don't want to talk about this because it just feels like we're piling on at this point. There's enough bad stuff out there for, for, for UGA. But no, I don't think Stetson Bennett was set up. We've blown, blown the lid off of it, Russ. It's the TCU Flat Earthers. They're after, <laughs> they they're after Stetson Bennett. They told me it was tea. I didn't know it was bourbon. <laughs> I mean, he was – he was. I, heard I this, thought it was Rip Van Winkle we were talking about. Not I heard, happy. I heard this over the weekend. I'm bringing this term back. He was drunker than Cooter Brown. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he was – he was lit, and he was trying to hide because he didn't want to get arrested. He was trying to hide from the police officers, and they had to call for him multiple times to get him to come out from behind the brick wall, and he did. He came out with his hands up, and the officers even said, 
that the arrest probably saved him from being the victim of a crime because apparently the neighborhood he was in wasn't the best neighborhood. Uh, right. So, I mean, he was just – I think he got – I'm, I'm, I'm being that serious here. I think he had too much to drink, and he got lost, and he didn't know where he was, and he thought he was where he was supposed to be, and he was not where he was supposed to be. Oh, he was definitely so, not where he was supposed to be. So, the, in this and, sense, getting arrested was probably a good thing because it got you off the street – it got you out of harm's way, and you know you, you're going to have to deal with the fallout from it now. But, and as a Georgia fan, I'm just sitting here going, "How does our offensive leader and our defensive leader manage to get in trouble <laughs> at the same time?" Uh, at least we have two national championships now. This kind of stuff would happen back in the day, and it was after you know, we would go eight and four, wondering if we we're ever going to reach the promised land. But yeah, I mean, how is it our two leaders? Have managed to uh, fall from grace here. Yeah, no, it's 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 it's, 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 it's fortunately, you know, with the Stetson Bennett stuff, it's not that big of a deal uh, it, to me. It's just not. I mean, it's not it's not a good look. No, he didn't hurt anybody. He's not behind the wheel of a car. Right. Nobody's life is in danger. It's just stupid. You know, the Jalen Carter stuff is is far more serious for sure. We'll take a break. We got two on hold. Jeff and Robert hanging there with us. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Back with more right after this. Eleven forty-six. Russ and Steve back with you here on the midday sports zone. Let's get back to the phones now. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Jeff is in gray. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? You know who it was with the uh, stats and minute? It was Mechie and Williams on Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That's it. Of course. That's it. <laughs> hey, Russ. I wanted to shine a little light on something for people uh, as far as. The thing with Jalen Carter and the the wreck investigation because I've done that before. Yes, please. Uh, I'm glad you called, Jeff. Thank you. So, how a wreck investigation? Let's say I'm on regular patrol and I come up on that. I'm immediately going to call a fatality investigator, and he's going to take it over from there. So, you know, these people with a conspiracy theory saying they held it out. It takes about a month, a month and a half, when especially something this high profile, because. They were pulling camera footage, talking to witnesses, running the black box on the car. That's how they get the speed because all these cars, you know, they can tell you what happened at impact and all that. So, to me, it sounds like athens Clark County went over and beyond to make sure they got this right. As far as Jalen is, they've charged him with all they're going to charge him with because if they'd have had any more, they would have done it at this time. Okay. So there, apparently, there's nothing that's says he caused the wreck or anything they just know that he was out there racing with them so now that gets me to my question if this is all it is and look he's 21 years old he's probably scared to death he he saw his two of his friends die i've been doing law enforcement for 30 years people get scared of the police and their initial reaction is always to go and run away from us and then they eventually realize, hey, I'm going to have to tell the truth, and they come back and tell the truth. Right. So this is where we're at. So if I'm in number eight in the draft and he falls to us at the at the Falcons, I'm snatching him up and I ain't thinking twice. Yeah. Well, and, and Jeff, that's why I'm thinking – that's why I'm saying, you know, today I, there, there, there's still more like the public that we don't know. But I think by the time the draft rolls around, it, it'll be pretty clear – 
And you know, like and like you're saying, it's not he's not going to get charged with anything else. You know, it, it, when when these teams talk to him, and I think and just, I, I, if it were me, the conversation is going to be about why he left the scene. Not and 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he had that. That's not a charge, so it's not like he. It was a criminal thing that he left the scene. I just want to know why he wasn't there to help his teammates. And like you're saying, if it's just that he was scared. I mean, if somebody that big is going to sit in a room and admit to me that they were scared, I can't. I think I can respect that. I've been in a state of shock. And see, look, it's not leaving the scene of an accident if you didn't cause it either. So, yeah, people are talking about he left the scene of an accident. That's only a charge if I run into you and I leave. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. So it, it's it, that's and that's kind of what we were saying yesterday. Do people understand? They're not saying that he was involved in the accident. It, they just, you know. He was he was there as a witness, and they needed his account. Yes, yeah. So yeah, so I, he'll probably and like your guy said, working with you today, uh, my Georgia Homer with me. Uh, you can call me Steve. Feel free, Steve. There you go. I couldn't remember your name, <laughs> Steve. Sorry about that. It's all right, man. To Daniel, uh, you, you're right. The the distance between now and the draft, uh, it's a good thing he went back up there to to go ahead and oh, answer yeah. these questions. Oh yeah, know? right, exactly. And, uh, in six weeks from now, it'll probably be something else will happen in six weeks, and like you say, we'll all be on that. So yep. uh, he'll he'll be fine. I still say he goes in the top ten, and uh, they heck, you know, you never know. He may still go top two or three if right. somebody really wants him. Yep, no doubt. Hey Jeff, we really appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you, and thanks for all that you do. Yes, all thank right, you, man. Jeff. Appreciate care, it, guys. Yep. Yeah. That that and seeing that that is. Good clarity there, you know, to say that he's going to be that this is as far as the legal part of it, that's over with now. You know, he there's, there's still the court hearings and all that stuff that that's to come, but you know, I think between now and the draft, teams will have a pretty good, clear indication of the timetable and exactly what that's going to be. You know, I don't think there's going to be jail time here, you know, or anything like that. But but whatever the case may be, there'll be a clear understanding, and I'm so glad that somebody that has a, as experience in that field was able to call in and clear that up. Cause that's what I was saying earlier in the show for the conspiracy theorists out there. The timeline of that investigation has they, the, the NFL combine is the furthest thing from their mind. Right. When they're talking to the witnesses and pulling the camera footage and doing all this electric work. That's, that's gotta be hard work to piece all that together. So the, the timing of it was, it's just a coincidence. Nobody's trying to take anybody down here. Yeah, and I can tell you as a Georgia fan, over the last 20 years or so, especially when Rick was coach, it seemed like to Georgia fans, athens Clark County police were watching the players like a hawk. Okay, It seemed like they were more nitpicky than any other SEC town. Now, granted, we're Georgia fans. That's how we're going to be, okay? (laughs) But, I mean, we had a player uh, get arrested because he wouldn't give him his middle name. And and then we had another one where uh, he was on a scooter coming out of a, a, an alleyway, and and I can't remember why they arrested him, but they did. But it was it was it was just some ridiculous I, stuff. And so I think this is one of the situations where Athens College County is like, look, we got to make sure we get this right. Yeah, well, because there are you know there's well, some go go read the article on the AJC.com, and the last thing you're going to come away with is that the. Cops in Athens are out to get the police or the players. Oh, I, I understand. I'm just saying. I think the ACC cops. I, I think that this is, that's might be in the back of their heads. Look, we've got to make sure we get this right. Yeah. This is really serious. Yeah, no, it is. It is very serious. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Robert is in Warner Robins. Hey, Robert, how you doing? 
Uh, good, man. It's actually raining in Warner Robins, so it gets this pollen away for a minute. That's Woo-hoo! good. Yeah. But no, um, not being serious, but to back up the couple callers ago, maybe the TCU Mafia <laughs> set up Stinson Bennett <laughs> after the blowout, thinking, wow, we're sad because John Millage Academy could have done better than us that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, John Millage has won 50 in a row. John Millage wants UGA next. Uh, no, <laughs> thanks for the call, <laughs> right. Robert. That, that's what it was, man. There were some TCU guys that set Stetson up because they were mad. <laughs> Mitchie and Williams, the undercover you, with the TCU flatter their mafia. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's in some people's eyes, their their team, their guy just can't ever do anything wrong. You see it all the time. And and that's just – some people are like that. But yeah. No, Look, Stetson's deal is it, – it pales in comparison to what we're talking about with Jalen Carter. It was stupid. It was immature, especially for somebody that's 25 years old. But it happened. He wasn't putting him – he may have been putting himself in jeopardy because apparently it didn't sound like that was the best neighborhood. I don't know the Dallas area that well. But the officer suggested that he, if he had not been arrested, he may have been the victim of a crime. Um, I know that, you know, you're knocking on people's doors in the middle of the night. I, I know guns are a big thing in Texas. You know, you never know how people might react to stuff like that. So just that situation, I know an arrest doesn't sound good, but that it can, all things considered in that scenario, it sounded like that's the best outcome that night, morning, that could have happened. Well, and plus, I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to get drafted. Right. You can't go and do something silly like that. Yeah, it's going to hurt his draft status. Because you know, it, I mean, that's my problem. Yeah. With it. Like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You need to be wrapping yourself in bubble wrap and staying sober. Uh, you know, for, until yeah. you get drafted, then go party. Yeah, have a couple drinks at night to blow off the steam and just, you know, know when to say when. No right? kidding, man. Have a couple nightcaps and then uh, knock out. <laughs> this isn't hard. <laughs> no, well. He was, uh, he was, yeah. You could tell from that article he was, he was pretty hammered. So, right, uh, that's unfortunate. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. We've got one on hold. Spencer, hang in there with us. We'll get to your phone call on the other side of the break. Uh, we've got David Hell on the way at the bottom of the hour as well. That and more as we continue on the midday sports zone. Uh, I'm sorry. I've, I apologize, Chris. I misread your hand signal there. As we continue on the midday sports zone, <laughs> right after this. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Steve Norris with you talking sports and other things. we got David Hill on the way at 1230, talking a little college football with him, specifically about the ACC and their grant of rights deal. In the meantime, we're taking your phone calls at 478-646-ESPN, anywhere you want to go in the world of sports. And I guess our question of the day was Stetson Bennett set up? <laughs> Welcome to hour number two of Sports Conspiracy <laughs> Theory. Here on the Midday Sports Zone. Uh, he, yeah, he set himself up. He drank all night long and, and got lost. But yeah, that usually sets yourself up. Or so I hate when I do that. Something <laughs> bad. <laughs> that's why I just stay. That's why I just drink at home, Steve. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Keep the doors locked. If I get lost, at least I'm passing out Buy on my the own keys. couch. <laughs> yeah, put the children to bed. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, we had. If you missed it in the first hour, we had a call, and and I mean, I 
I'm wondering if Stetson Bennett was set up with his arrest in Dallas. Tomorrow, Tip Towers will come out with a story. <laughs> Bennett set up. <laughs> Whoa, the guy was right. Well, we're, we're searching for a motive, but I just just can't find one. <laughs> Although there, 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 there's a theory out there that it was just uh, pissed off TCU fans in Dallas. The TCU Tang Clan is out there uh, <laughs> setting up Georgia players. <laughs> it goes all the way to the top, I tell you. Oh, let's get back to the phones. 478-646-ESPN. Spencer's in Warner Robins. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, I got to click in the button. I'm sorry, Spencer. How you doing, man? Good, good, good. How you doing, guy? Good. What's on your mind? Yeah, thank you for taking my calls, man. Um, no, I don't think Stetson was set up. <laughs> uh, I just think Stetson did what Stetson was doing, was drinking something he did in Athens and just didn't have the people to hold his back up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think if we're saying? being honest, we've all kind of been there before. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, he just need some – yeah, he needed people that, that, that held his back in, in Athens. He should have had that those those people around him at that time. But, hey, you know, we're young. We do stuff. Uh, I don't know the Carter situation, man. I just feel bad for the family. Uh, I think I think when, when you think about that, man, you, you got to think about – those people that lost their children. Mm-hmm. You understand yep. what I'm saying? Here we are, you know, worrying about the draft and all it is to combine, but these people lost their kids, man. And it's just, it's horrible because me working in the medical field, man, you got to understand what a lot of us come from when when you're thinking about that and yet you got a young kid laying on that table, gone. The family has to come in and, and identify the child, man. Yet we we sitting here and we talking about the combine, how far he's gonna go in the draft. That's 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 skin crawling for me, man. And I and I know everybody got a job. We have to do our jobs and commentate and speculate. A lot of people are just speculating, but man, I just I just hope everybody can understand it. Two people's lives were lost, and Carter going to the draft. You know, well, how does that weigh in on future people that's doing stuff? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and yet, they're, they're just focusing on the fact that this guy got he's going to make money in this. He's going to make, you know, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. But I would be, if I was him, first of all, I agree. Keep my mouth closed, uh, work with the authorities, um, and do what I have to do and maintain. And if they allow me to go to come by, I go. But, man, don't be out here making these comments and these posting this stuff, man, because this stuff here is going to come back. So, uh, But I thank you guys for the call. Uh, go dogs. Go right. dogs. Spencer, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, that's and, and, and I appreciate you saying that, too. I, this, you know, yesterday when this news broke, that's that's where we started with the story because two young people did lose their lives. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was listening to yesterday, and, I mean, yeah, you and Daniel yeah. both I mean, made it very clear. That hey, this, but, that's why this is such a bad situation. Right, it's but, not like the Stetson situation. Right, but being a sports talk show, it's going to turn to the draft. You know, if you right. listen to the shows nationally, I mean, this is a national story because because the player involved is considered the best player in the draft. Um, that's why I'm not saying that's right, uh, but but that's that's why this is the story that it is. You know, here locally, there is the the, the thought of the tragic scene there in Athens and how it affects the families, how it affects the university, how it affects the police department, the athletic department, and how it affects Jalen Carter is going to come into that conversation. But in the sports talk realm, 
and, and I appreciate the understanding that we have a job to do. That That's going to be part of the conversation is what happens to him in the draft. Yeah, and we don't have monitors in here, but I'll guarantee you that if we could turn on ESPN or the NFL Network or any of those kind of you know uh, networks like that, I, I guarantee they're probably talking about it right yeah. now. And, and, or at least within the next 10 minutes if you right. turn it on. I mean, it's that big. And listening to the Dan Patrick show before we came on, he had Daniel Jeremiah on as a guest who is a, a, a scout, scouting expert. He's a former pro scout himself and was asked about Jalen Carter's draft status. And he did mention, you know, the tragedy first. And I think that's that can <clears throat> that part, excuse me, absolutely cannot be ignored. 478-646-ESPN. JJ is in Lizella. Hey, JJ. Hey man, how you doing? Good man, it's good to hear uh, from you. Oh uh, yeah, one. Uh, it's quick and uh, uh, you know, I was thinking on uh, outside the book. Uh, are we seeing the effects of of this NIL? I'm not blaming NIL money, but money is always. But you you putting money in these kids' hands, and I was looking at the the, the vehicle that he was driving, and I also read somewhere where another one of the players was driving this this most. Most of car, and I said these young guys are getting money, and what kind of cars they buying? They're not buying something. And, and most kids, when I was playing and back in school, they didn't have cars. And now, and they're not just getting cars to, to get around, but they get me. They're able to buy cars that they dream about, and and, and really, they said the car, the truck Carter was driving. Man, the the speed that car can get up to. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you, these guys. Young guys being able to buy toys that they're not ready to handle yet. And it's just like putting guns in the young people's hands out in the street so everybody can get a gun. What you expect? It's going to have a lot of shooting and killing. And, and I wake up every morning with that. See, the first thing I see, two or three kids getting killed for no reason. So you put money and guns and stuff in kids' hands, and you expect them to make good decisions. Hey, JJ, you where'd you play football? I'm sorry. We oh, sorry. <clears throat> we appreciate the call, JJ. Um, I I don't know how to tell you this. College athletes have been getting cars since before I was born. So I don't think NIL has anything to do with. I remember that. When Herschel Walker got a Trans Am out of nowhere. I, I mean, that's not anything new. Uh, so I, I so no to answer your question. No, I don't think NIL has anything to do with this. A lot of people are going to go there, but th- that's. I mean, Georgia players were driving around in Dodge Chargers ten years ago before NIL. Uh, that's, I mean, that, that, and they also borrow their buddies' cars regularly. I mean, that's yeah. not any, yeah, that's not anything new. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Brandon is in Warner Robins. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Um, I agree with y'all. I'm not going to blame NIL. Okay, I mean, if you don't give the kids the money, they're going to be like me and have a 1993 Toyota Camry without a hood. But you best believe they're going to be racing that Toyota Camry without a hood. So, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what kind of vehicle they have. It, you know, people are going to make mistakes. My question is, and this is a lot deeper than I guess a lot of people probably think about it is, I wonder if the saying, oh, kids will be kids and kids are going to make mistakes and not placing the responsibility and the blame on the person, that's really what I think causes these mistakes is because you're, you're dismissing the mistakes that kids make saying, oh, you're just a kid. You're going to make mistakes. And like, oh, okay, well, if I make a mistake at 21 years old, it's not on me. I'm just a kid. So at what point do we start putting more responsibility on kids and saying, hey, yeah, you're a kid, but 
let's learn how not to make these mistakes. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Hey, Brandon, I appreciate the call. I think, it, it, I think, for, first of all, I don't think you can just make a blanket about that. I think you have to look at individual situations. And I would say, <clears throat> for example, Stetson Bennett. That's a, a, a thing that college-age kids are going to do. And maybe maybe the cops come across you and you get arrested, or, or maybe or maybe you make it back to wherever your destination was and you sleep it off. But he's 25 years old. He should know better. A 21, 22-year-old, I think sometimes experience has to teach you some things. Like, you know, and that's where that, that's where that sentiment comes from. I don't think that's the case in the Jalen Carter situation uh, but I mean, the racing is immature and it's stupid, but there is a thread that you can go back uh, from uh, police reports that th- th- this was an issue within the football program. This is, in other words, this isn't the only instance of a Georgia football player racing or ge- being charged with reckless driving. And let's not forget, the other car was not being driven by a Georgia football player with NIL money. That was a university vehicle. Yeah, that the, yeah the yeah, and there was a third car, by the way, that was w- there with with uh, Dumas Johnson and Smile Munden in it too. They were, they, I think, I don't think they were involved in the racing and the reckless driving, but they were. Their car is seen on surveillance footage with the other two. Um, so I think I I, I think as far as the young people making mistakes so, comes from some things you just have to learn through experience, but there are when when something is. And I can't, I can't, the word I'm trying to think of isn't, isn't coming to me, but when things happen repeatedly and you continue to do the same thing over and over again, that's, that's not a kid making mistakes. That's a behavioral problem. Right. Right. So, and I, and, and I certainly wouldn't, and I don't think people are just writing this off as, you know, well, kids will be kids and they're just, you know, they, they were out racing and made a mistake. I mean, two people lost their lives here. That, that, that makes this tragedy uh, uh different than that you can't you, you in other words you can't just dismiss this it's it's not just going to go away right i mean this is something that now that this story has come out and and jalen carter has been arrested whatever whatever happens with him and his future football or non-football or after foot whatever that whatever transpires from here on out that's something he's going to have to live with the rest of his life right yeah that, that's exactly it <laughs> um and you know, Jeff that called in a while ago, I mean, he's right. He just witnessed two of his, well, four, you know, people in a bad wreck. And, and you know, he couldn't have known at the time who, you know, who survived and who didn't. Uh, but still, it was obvious. If they were going that speed, that kind of wreck, I mean, you witness something like that, that is <laughs> traumatic. Yeah. No. It, it, and I, he's not thinking straight. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, again, I mean, I know I said it earlier, it's still kind of a red flag that you left the scene at all. Yeah. Um, but it, again, Jeff was right. Kids get scared. I mean, I think we've all been to at least one party in our life where there was some underage drinking going on and and somebody said, oh, the cops, what happens? They scatter like ants. Cops run. You know, everybody runs. Right. Well, Probably the same kind of situation. You knew yeah. the cops were coming, right? Man. And 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 just for those that missed the call, I mean, Jeff uh, is a regular caller here to the program. Jeff works in law enforcement. He has for, I think he said three decades, yep. and he and he's been, I mean, and he's a part of these investigations and driven up on these scenes. So th- th- that's that's not coming from us. That's coming from somebody with experience in this situation. 
we got to take a break. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Back with more right after this. All right, 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports. Can I, can I grump for a second? Would you? That'd be awesome. I mean, I just, you know, maybe lighten things up just a little bit. But it, it's been a quiet show so far. So I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was, went to go get some breakfast this morning. It was, it was on a whim. You know, I was kind of hungry. I, I, you know, it's, we need to go to the grocery store, that kind of thing. And, um, and there was a, a, a fast food place on the right side of the road on the way back. Right. We just want to kind of, it wasn't the plan. So I just pulled in and I get behind this lady in line. And she's taking forever to order. I mean, this, I was behind her maybe seven minutes. And she was questioning the price of everything to the point where I almost went, I got her. <laughs> like, ma'am, get whatever you want. I yeah. got you. But, like, wh- why are you eating breakfast at Burger King if you're pinching pennies? Uh, Russ, have you ever worked in the restaurant business? No, I have not. Look, dude, that's part of the game, man. I mean, I you know waited tables for a little while. I worked for Cisco Foods for about six years, and there's just every now and then you're going to have a customer that's going to do that stuff. You ever seen the movie Waiting? No, I haven't. Oh, I highly recommend it. It's got okay. Ryan Reynolds in it and some other people you'll recognize. Uh, came out in '05, but it's kind of a day in the life of working at like an Applebee's kind of place. Yeah, except it's called Shenanigans. I'm telling you, it is the most accurate restaurant well, movie of all time. Well, like, all right, for example, <clears throat> there's a, there's a certain breakfast spot my kid likes to eat at and i don't know what's going on with the person running the cash register but i get three different totals <laughs> just randomly three different totals they're all within like 40 cents of each other so i don't really worry about it too much you know today right. it was 540 yesterday it was 545 like I, i'm not really that worried about it on the other hand, one time I was at another store, and it was going to be about a $30 purchase, and it was they had a manual cash register, and she hit the zero button twice and said, okay, sir, that'll be $300. Now, that is something I'm going to, like, well, let's have a okay. conversation well, about that. say something. Right. But, I mean, if it's within a few cents, why, are you really, why, why are you haggling over that? Yeah, especially when you go to places like... Uh, firehouse subs and no matter what your total is they say do you want to round up to help the firefighters and then even if it's 2.99 yeah sure sure a penny in there <laughs> but most people just go yeah sure yeah, yeah. round it up you know yeah and uh so yeah most people wouldn't complain but like i said there's there's a faction of people out there who wake up every morning ready to complain that's their form of entertainment yeah that's and you. restaurants is one of the places now, they go I'll, first i'll give this lady credit now she wasn't complaining she was just asking Oh, it's a dollar fifty three now. It was a dollar forty eight last week. And I almost went like, well, here's a, here's a must nickel. have been Chick fil A. No, it was. I swear they go up a nickel every month. Every month. Oh, I'm you. and they sneak so, it in there. Sorry, I just had to. I just had to uh, to 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 grump on that a little bit. So anyway, and, and no, Brandon, I didn't leave my kid hanging. It was a decision on a whim on the way back from dropping him off. You know it's a TCU conspiracy theory. Uh, they're taking over our restaurants. <laughs> I was I was conspiring against my son so he couldn't yeah, have breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, oh man. All righty. 
It, it's uh, Dino had a question on Twitter. Um, I wish I could ask Jeff what happens or what if any consequences are that when someone directly or indirectly is involved and then lies about what happened, do they just say, okay, he was scared, so he lied. Maybe that's what happens. I would hope not, but he still left. I, I, Dino, and I don't know the answer to that question either, but the impression that I got is that ultimately the tr- he, to- he cooperates. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like that's the, 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 tr- the facts are what matter. And, and, you know, that's what uh, Kirby's going to tell him. Hey, you need to cooperate here. Yeah, because absolutely. Uh, the school's reputation is on the line, too. I mean, I, 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 don't, I haven't had to deal with many legal matters, per se, but in, 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 in every instance, it's just like just trying to get what happened. Like, it's not there. It's not. In other words, it's not personal. It's just trying to get to the like what happened. Right. So and I think here, I mean, now, if he had been directly involved in the accident, I think that would may change things. But again, I, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a police officer. I'm I'm not real sure about that. But I think the, the and and Jeff said that you know some uh, a lot of times in these situations, you know, there are people that are afraid of the police. They just are. Right. And they get scared. And like you said, the the, the house party when you're a kid, the cops show up. Everybody that was the first thing they did. Everybody scatters. Scatters. I mean, it's yeah. just that's a natural reaction that some people have. So. And I'm not saying that's what happened in the Jalen Carter case. It's just when we don't know what happened and we're talking about this stuff, we're just trying to go over everything. You know, was his first thought, was he in shock? Was he scared? Was he freaked out? Was he thinking about his draft status? Like, we, we don't know the answer to those questions. Correct. Um, but he's back in Indianapolis. He's back uh, and, and I get, combine and all that. And so. I, I, I would be willing to bet you a significant amount of money – that that's exactly the conversations he's having. So so what like, and that's not going to be easy for him. By the way, I no. mean this is this is going to be a, a very difficult because again, his teammates were in that car. His friends were in that car. Two of his friends died in that car. So and he's got he's going to have to relive this, and that's can't be easy. By the way, have you seen the billboards around Middle and South Georgia uh, for Go Big Lawyers? They still have Devin Willick's uh, image on those signs. I know there's one on the Gray Highway. Between- there's one on Gray Highway. I, I went to. Uh, I had to go to Tennell of all places uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, buddy of mine has the barn sign, the UGA barn sign out there. Anyway, when I was in Tennell, there was one there. Uh, there's one in Tifton. There's one I think in uh, Eatonton. Um, was- so they're all over the place. I've heard that. The family gave them permission to keep it up. Oh, okay. But, um, but it's still a little odd to see it. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's like it's that well too, that did, too soon feeling. Kind did you, of, you see the mean? press conference the the lawyer tried to hold? I did. And yeah, the, yeah. So that doesn't surprise me, right? Um, but and and I, and then I have to ask this question, and but you answered it. But Tennell, I mean that. I, you don't hear that every day. I had to go to Tennell. Well, do you have family there? Like, why, why would you be going to Do you know Tennel? what the UGA barn sign is? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's there. It's, it's on Tennel. Highway 15, yeah. and, and it's extremely popular. The, oh, yeah. The Facebook. I did a story on it for a magazine I write for now and then. Down That's cool. Called the Southern Sports. Did you have to go through Deep Step to get there? Uh, Probably. Uh, you know, because the, the, the Fall Line Freeway and all that. You oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Highway yeah. 68. You get on that for a little bit. and But, uh. Beautiful out there. Yeah, it uh, is. But Tennell's 
it's yeah, well, I know. <laughs> you're, I, you're out there. Yeah, I grew up in Millensville and we had friends that lived in oh, Sandersville. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah. familiar with Tennell. I went to Georgia College, so yeah, I've <laughs> been to Sandersville a lot. So. Yep, yep, very, very familiar with Tennell for sure. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, David Hell of ESPN.com will be our guest, and uh, then we'll get back to some phone calls. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Yeah, this is uh, I have a feeling this goes uh, this is dedication, long distance dedication from Jim to Florida State. <laughs> we got a letter from Jim, Tallahassee, Florida, and it starts here again. Let's get to uh, David Hill now with ESPN.com joining us with a little go your own way, bringing us into this conversation about Florida State and the ACC. Good afternoon, sir. Always right on schedule and right on brand with the song. I, I almost went with uh, Al Green's Let's Stay Together, but I thought, no, no, no. <laughs> this is more Excellent. appropriate. Oh, my goodness. It, it, here's the f- first question I want to ask you, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, David's got a piece up on ESPN.com. It's kind of a deep dive into what the Florida State Athletic Director was talking about last week. You know, this grant of rights, th- this sticky little subject that keeps coming up with ACC expansion talk, has anybody actually ever laid eyes on this document? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, great question. Yes, people have. Uh, and in fact, a, you know, a number of schools have sent teams of lawyers to go and investigate it. But the document itself is held in Greensboro at the ACC's offices. And it is very specifically not released from there because they don't want copies of it getting out. They don't want the average person to know what the hell is in it. Uh, they don't want it to be uh, accessible via Freedom of Information Act. They don't want uh, schools being able to mess with it too much. They want to know when someone is coming to take a look at it, which I'm sure isn't awkward at all. You know, when a team of lawyers knocks on your door. <laughs> Sounds like a congressional bill. Think nothing of it. Just, you know, routine maintenance we're doing here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's more or less what it is. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just so weird. Well, you know, as far as the dollar figure that was thrown out there, an estimated $120 million to as, as an exit fee, not getting into the grant of rights portion of it. Is, is Would that be a realistic number in your mind? Yeah, so there's a lot that sort of is at play if you're trying to figure out what would it cost to get out of the ACC. Um, the bare minimum is $120 million-ish, uh, which is three times annual revenue, uh, which is about $40 million a year. Uh, so that would be what you would pay just to be able to leave, to say, see you later. Um, that is something that the schools themselves asked for. This is That's written into their agreement with the league. So that's bare minimum. Then you get into the question of what happens then. You don't have any rights to your media. So you could not broadcast games, potentially. You could not earn revenue from broadcasting games, certainly unless you can get out of that grant of rights. There are a few ways that that could potentially happen. One is that you reach some sort of mutual agreement to leave the ACC that the ACC is okay with because they don't want to hold you hostage. That would not come cheap. Um, Theoretically, let's say they bought out the remaining years of their media deal. You're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to $400 million. That's a non-starter. Then... You could say, we're going to go to court. We're going to fight this. 
maybe there's a way out. That's what Michael Alfred says. Hypothetically, we could get out for that $120 million. That's what he's talking about. Maybe you could go to court and fight this. A, that won't be cheap or pleasant or easy. And B, there's absolutely no guarantee that you would win. It would be a long, drawn-out, ugly process. Uh, and the, the grant of rights is written to keep schools where they need to be. This was when, when it was written, that's what these schools wanted. They wanted it to be as much of a sure thing as they, you could possibly make it under the law because they, did, they needed assurances that nobody was leaving. Um, so it would be hard to do that. Assuming that you could, then, okay, maybe there is some sort of, of, of exit strategy. But I think you know, from what I've talked to, the, the, the folks that I have talked to who have looked into it, kicked the tires on it, there are theories about how they might fight it, but there is absolutely no magic bullet, no loophole in the agreement that somebody found that provides an obvious, clear exit strategy. Well, and here's my question, David. Uh, let's say they find – we'll just say Florida State and Clemson. They, they, they find a way out. They're free agents, so to speak. What conferences are going to want those two schools? Right. So that's another big piece to this puzzle, and one that, that several ADs have made clear to me is that it can't just be that you want to leave. It's got to be that you have somewhere to go, and not just somewhere. It has to be the Big Ten or the SEC. Otherwise, it makes no sense to leave. So the answer would be, I don't know. I think the Big Ten is a very realistic option for a number of schools in the ACC. And by that, I would say maybe Virginia, maybe Georgia Tech maybe Miami, certainly North Carolina, probably Florida State. Um, the, the reason is, obviously, those all pre present an av avenue to expand the footprint of the Big Ten, to add uh, more value to the Big Ten network, to drive up recruiting opportunities. There's tons of upside for the Big Ten to adding those teams. Um, does the Big Ten want to do that? How much does it uh, impact the Big Ten's bottom line? Is Fox on board with that? Uh, would it involve adding enough extra content that they can get back into negotiating with ESPN for uh, additional game coverage? All of these are big questions that loom large because the Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner right now. Kevin Warren, before he left to go to the NFL, was eager to rattle some cages and say, yes, we want to expand. Yes, we want to be aggressive. From what I'm told, presidents within the league are not quite as enthusiastic about that and it'll be very interesting to see who the next commissioner is and what their approach to that is who they're listening to in terms of what the big 10 wants to do if you take the big 10 out of the picture i think north carolina would still have a, a home in the sec um does anybody else i don't know i think that's a genuine question because uh what's the value to the sec and adding another team from south carolina another team from georgia another team from florida or maybe two um you know, I think there's people within the SEC who have long memories and remember Florida State thumbing their nose at the SEC 30 years ago and are Bingo. happy to tell them to go kick rocks. Yeah. So, look, there's – there's, um, I don't – you know, again, there are so many moving pieces to this, so many things that would have to fall into place to make it happen that I think speculating about what it looks like down the road is almost pointless. What I think you're getting with a lot of the, the – public comments from ADs and certainly the behind-the-scenes comments is that they view a financial runway of three to five years right now in which they can reasonably be expected to keep pace uh, on the field with the Big Ten and the SEC. B, 
Beyond that, it's anyone's guess as to how they survive. And when it becomes a game of survival, not just a game of, well, we need a new building, we need some more money for our NIL collective, whatever, then you've got a, a, an absolute Pandora's box that's opened up. Uh, David, this is Steve. Does Florida State even have the money to, <laughs> for the buyout? I mean, have they finished paying off Willie Taggart yet? I mean, right. That's kind of this one is, of the reasons they had to get Mike Norvell, right? Is because they didn't have this the is money. A a great point, uh, and one that no shortage of ACC folks uh, outside of the big schools we need money spectrum noted is that um, hey, you know, Florida State and Miami have had some money given to them and have not done an exactly great job of spending it correct uh, thoughtfully or wisely. So look, this is I mean, this is part of the conversation too. Is like. You know, maybe you don't need all this money to to win if you do it smartly. But uh, look, Clemson has been very smart with its money, uh, and it, it and and I've talked to Graham Neff, the AD down there, about the pinch that they're they're feeling already and how much worse that gets. And then the other big looming cloud on the horizon is what the courts are going to say ultimately about amateurism at large. If it becomes a point where players are considered employees and schools need to start paying them directly, the financial model gets upended. And the SEC and the Big Ten are in perfectly good position to handle that upending of the financial model. The ACC is not. And I think that becomes another big thing. It's not just about can we build a building here or can we get uh, our, our offices rehabbed or can we fire our coach. It's about player acquisition, and that will become a big, big, big concern. David Hell of ESPN.com joining us here on the program. And, David, another thing that's been talked about is the uh, un- an uneven revenue share, similar to what the Big 12 had before they lost Texas and Oklahoma. But, I mean, if, if the ACC goes that model, don't they have to look at what happened with the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> leaving anyway? Yeah. It's funny how you phrase that sentence because that's exactly <laughs> the point. It's, and I, I've talked to several ADs who have said, like, we can do all of this, right? Let's go through all the rigmarole and all the trouble to do it and give them an extra $3 million a year maybe. Is that keeping anyone here? Absolutely not. So what are we doing it for? Why are we taking money out of our own pockets for schools that are going to leave anyway? Um, that is the topic of conversation. Now, I have talked to other ADs at some of these bigger schools who have said, look, it's about the principle. This league has far too long had a number of teams that simply don't give a damn about winning at football. They are not invested in it the way that we are. And if they're either not going to invest in it, then great, give us more of the money so we can win. Or they are going to invest, fine. That makes the product better. Maybe we can go ask ESPN for more money because we're better. But right now, the, the situation is that Clemson and Florida State and Miami and, and, and a few others are trying to win at a high level, and a whole lot of other ones are looking for uh, the best return for not necessarily winning a bunch of games. Is, David, is there a chance at any point in the next 10, 20 years we get to a place where this is just settled and the teams are in the conference they're going to be in for the long haul, or is this just going to be a constant conversation now in college football? It's a, I mean, honestly, I don't know. That's the short answer. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think if, if you were to say, like, all right, put money on what you think this is going to look like, I think we get to a point in five to ten years where we have two super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, I think if all of this is about money, which quite frankly it is, at some point after you're done acquiring, you want more money still, and you start asking, well, how do we trim fat maybe? 
And then you start wondering why you're giving Vanderbilt and Indiana the same amount of money that you're giving Ohio State and Alabama. Uh, that would be an interesting turn of events. It is certainly possible. We could see a third-party entity. Maybe it's the college football playoff. Maybe it's some organization we don't even know about yet that would form in the future that essentially sets up an NFL-type model that says we're going to go out and get the 36 best schools in the country and form our own league. Um, all of these things are, are possible. I mean, there was a time not that long ago where the idea of conferences was not a necessary uh, thing in the first place. They were sort of an ancillary idea. And, and Florida State and Penn State and Syracuse and Notre Dame and tons of other teams played as independents. Um, a, a lot can change. A lot can change. A lot is changing within the media markets and how uh, sports are consumed. A lot is changing within the economic model of college football and how we view athletes. Um, a lot is changing in the, in the avenue of higher education and what expenses are there. There are just a million moving pieces, and college football is, a, is an economic model that is unlike anything else in the world. And so trying to predict exactly what's going to happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now, boy, if you can do it, good for you, because I think it's, it is an absolute mess and anything could happen. Good stuff, David. We always appreciate the time and the insight, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks, David. No problem. Good talking to you guys. That's yep. David Hill with ESPN.com, and uh, you can go check out the article that he and his colleague Andrew Adelson have um, about all this stuff with the ACC. And it just – I mean, if you're Jim Phillips sitting in your office right now, I mean, I guess they're probably getting ready for the ACC basketball tournament more than anything else. But <laughs> More important things you, for them. You've got to figure out a way to, to get revenue to these schools to keep your conference together. I think that's got to be the ultimate goal because, you know – you can say we got to keep these teams. Well, we have a grant of rights that's going to keep these teams together. In theory, yeah, okay. But really, they need more revenue. They need to be able to keep up with the Joneses, and and they can't do that right. It's now. a constant arms race. Yeah, and you got it's and from what David told us there, it sounds like you got about a three year window to figure it out. So, good, <laughs> good luck. luck. No doubt. We're going to take a break. As we do, we'll open up the phone lines four seven eight. 646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we'll wrap it up on this Thursday right after this. More cowbell. Oh, yeah. More cowbell. 1248, Russ and Steve wrapping it up here on a Thursday. What a show. You know, he was David Hale was talking about how some schools just will not spend money on their football program. Yeah. Went to the Georgia at Vanderbilt game in 2019, right? Their stadium is awful. They need to knock that thing down and rebuild it. But, I mean, they got something like a $4 billion endowment. And here, I took this picture. You see the B-I-L-T in Vanderbilt on the scoreboard? The lights are out. Oh, my god. That's gosh. the first game of the season, August 31st. I remember looking up and going, you couldn't be bothered to make sure your scoreboard worked That's, perfectly? I mean, you know, and I know they print money over there. Yeah, they, they, and I've heard people ask about kicking Vanderbilt out of the SEC. That's never going to happen. No, two, that's not going to happen. Two reasons: baseball and academics. Yep, it's it's just not going to happen. But it is and bowling. They it, win the bowling national. Oh, they're good at bowling. Yeah, I was yeah. unaware of that. <laughs> did did uh, uh, yeah? I don't. I don't need to make a kingpin joke. Um, right. So the the it, it it's just frustrating. I mean, baseball is the other place where this happens, where you have teams that just live off the luxury tax. They're not going to invest. I think the lowest payroll this year is like $45 million for right. the whole team. And, you know, so that's – it's just – it's a business model. And I don't understand 
with the thing about Vanderbilt, I can't believe we're closing the show talking about Vanderbilt football, <laughs> but here we are. You offer some things that other schools in your conference can't offer. You're in what has become a world-class city, a destination. Oh, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee is a destination. Yeah, great city. You, you offer one of the best educations in the country. You p- play in arguably the best conference for athletics all uh, across the board. Across if, the board. Across right. the board. I mean, what other school in the country can offer that? There isn't one. I mean, and, I, I, and this isn't me being, hey, oh, well, Russ is really smart. No, no, no. This is what James Franklin sold when he was the head coach at Vanderbilt. Why were they good when James Franklin was there? That's what he was selling you. World-class city, world-class education, best on-field competition. No other school in the country can offer that. Yeah. And it's just them getting off their button and putting the money into it's it. It's caring about it. Yeah. That's what it really comes down to, really, in the long run. But that's what, like I said, I just remember looking up and going, Lights are out on the scoreboard at Vanderbilt? This doesn't make any sense. Come on, people, spend some money. <laughs> I mean, with all the money that's coming into SEC teams right now anyway, oh, man, there's just no excuse for that. Yeah, there's not. There, there really isn't. All right, I want to, before we get out of here, um, I want to get your thoughts. Have you been able to watch any of the baseball spring training games with the pitch clock? And if so, what are your thoughts on uh, I, actually, I have not. Okay. Uh, most of it's during the day. I'm usually working. Yeah. Um, you know, and and uh, I, I'm not really that invested in watching spring training anyway. I, I, I really, I'm really not. I mean, we can't go to the game, right? Right. And, and um, it's not easily a video. You know, watching is not. Again, I, I love baseball season to come home. We eat dinner. Braves are on at seven or seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, perfect. It's part of watch the summer the game, routine. Go to bed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. When they're on the West Coast, I mean, that's kind of difficult. But sure. You're not gonna watch the whole game, but still, um, no, I haven't. Uh, but I've heard a lot of complaining. <laughs> there, I mean, there has there there has been some complaining for sure, and then there's some people that really like it. But I heard today, you know, today marks uh, the 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 game's first game started Friday, so this this brings the first week of spring training to an end, and as far as the comparing it to spring trainings of the past, the time of game is down about 30 minutes compared to the previous average, mm. and scoring is up. So wow. I, f- I have a feeling the commissioner's office is very happy. Oh, yeah, real happy with that. What happened in that Red Sox-Braves game the other day? There was something about he stepped out of the batter's box or something? No, so there there was there was some confusion about the new rule. Um, the, so there's a 15-second pitch clock, and it goes up when runners are on base. By the eight-second mark, and I can't remember the exact term, but I think it is the batter has to be engaged. In other words, looking at the pitcher. Okay. All right. Now, that is if the catcher is not in the batter's box, it doesn't apply because the catcher is not in the box. The catcher in this case was standing up. And from what I read, I think the player thought that the catcher had to be in his stance, in his crouch. Hmm. And the rule is he just has to be in the box. So the batter was still looking at the ground, not looking at the pitcher. So that's an automatic strike. Well, there were two strikes on him with two outs in the ninth inning. So that was ball game. Uh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> and it, and it, I, I hope that doesn't happen. Well, uh. and that was my takeaway from it. I'm glad it happened like right out of the gate in spring training because that, right. go- that was going to end the game. It ended the game. I can't remember which two teams were involved. But on Friday in a college baseball game, it, that, a game ended like that. It was the third strike. There were, the bases were loaded. It was like a five to three game with two outs. Oh, I and, did hear about that. Yeah, and it ended the game. So that was, I mean, that's going to happen. 
but I think in this instance, it's good that it happened in spring training. So now, you know, these organizations, you know, whether the players take the information or not, but they can explain to their players, like, eight seconds, be looking at the pitcher. I mean, just I, I wouldn't even worry about where the catcher is. Just don't even give the umpire the temptation to do something stupid. All righty then. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> I can I can already see it's, that becoming a disaster somewhere along the way. Yeah, there's going to be some growing pains. Um, and that's and it's and it feels. I mean, I, I like I've said this has kind of been my stance. I appreciate the spirit of the rules changes in terms of what they're trying to do, but the execution is going to be a little goofy. And and I'm and I'm so picky. Like I, I this is I I just got to pick on me here because like the game on I think it was Monday. Like, I listened to the two games over the weekend. I'm like, man, I like this pace. You know, they've eliminated a lot of the downtime. I didn't realize there was so much downtime. I like these rules. And then on Monday, the game was over in two hours and 11 minutes. I'm like, nah, that's too fast. Especially if you're going to a game, right? I guess it's going to be better when the Braves play at like 8.35 or 9.35. Yeah, the West Coast <laughs> games will get better. You can actually yeah. uh, watch the end of it. Yeah. Well, they asked uh, Dave Roberts was on the Dan Patrick show, and he said, "What do you think about the new rules?" And he says, "Well, I'll get to spend more time with my family." Yeah, <laughs> well, got to make lemonade out of lemons, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, they're not. It's it's kind of like we talk about with these changes to the sports that we love. I mean, love like the changes, hate the changes, if, but they're they're not going back. So you either you you have a choice. You, Learn to deal with it. Yep, you embrace it or you find something else to do. And. I can't envision a world where I'm not watching Braves baseball, so I guess I'll just have to embrace it. As long as the TCU Mafia stays out of it. (laughs) And we'll end it on that note. Thanks for listening, as always. Appreciate David Hell for jumping here with us. For Steve, I'm Russ. We'll do it again. Y'all have a good one.